Hello again, my friends. Good to see you again. Laszlo Montgomery here, welcoming you to the Chinese Sayings Podcast. Thanks for tuning in and listening. Another quickie today. I know you're busy. Today we look at Duo Nan Xing Bang. This is a Chinese saying that perhaps people in many countries might find relevant to their situation. But let's not waste time with any further chitter chatter and get down on it. Duo Nan Xing Bang. Let's do the breakdown of the four characters. Duo means many, much, or more. And Nan means difficult, hard, or a calamity or misfortune. And Xing means to prosper, rise, prevail, or become popular. And the character Bang is just another way to say a nation or country. And when you string those four characters together, you get Duo Nan Xing Bang, many hardships, revised nation. And just hearing those words, you can pretty much guess correctly what the meaning is behind this Chengyu. Not terribly difficult to figure out. But as I've been preaching since season one, it's not enough to know what these characters mean. You got to know the story behind it. And then you could nod your head sagaciously next time you hear it or read it and truly appreciate its significance. And for the story behind this Chengyu, we need to go back all the way to the Warring States period to the Zuo Zhuan, the commentary of Zuo, a work that is believed to have been written by one Zuo Qiu Ming. The Zuo Zhuan is, for the most part, a commentary on the Chunqiu, or Spring and Autumn Annals, attributed to Confucius, the great sage. And this story dates back to the 6th century B.C., to the year 545, the time in the Eastern Zhou Dynasty known as the Spring and Autumn Period, a period when the Zhou Dynasty kings were still reigning, but not ruling. Beginning in the 8th century B.C., it was every duke or king for himself. As I mentioned, our story dates back to 545 B.C., when the king of Chu, down in the Hubei Hunan region, King Kang, died. And like all these Chu kings, he was surnamed Xiong, Chu's main enemy was the state of Jin, based mostly in southern Shanxi, as well as Wu, to the east of Chu, where the Yangtze River emptied out into the East China Sea. King Kang's son, Xiong Jun, inherited the throne. Xiong Jun immediately promoted his uncle, Prince Wei, and relied on him as one of his most valuable advisors. But Prince Wei, eh, he had a bit of a slime factor, and while he served his nephew... He only had his best interests at heart. Soon, he began plotting to murder Xiong Jun and make himself the new king of Chu. Four years later, in 541 BC, Prince Wei's opportunity came. That year, Prince Wei was sent on a diplomatic mission to the kingdom of Zheng. But soon after he set off, he received word that his nephew, Xiong Jun, was seriously ill. So Prince Wei abandoned his mission, and hurried back to the palace. And as soon as he was alone with his nephew, because he was so weak from his illness, Xiong Jun could not resist when his uncle put his hands around his neck and strangled him. And in order to prevent any of Xiong Jun's sons succeeding him, Prince Wei killed them both. Of course, this act of brazen cruelty did nothing to endear Prince Wei to the palace ministers who were all wise to the murder. But Prince Wei was determined to seize power, and nothing was going to stop him. And he had the most vocal of his political enemies at court murdered. 
the Prince of Wei's own two brothers fled the country and defected to the kingdoms of Qin and Cheng. And with the greatest opposition to his usurpation, now dead or living in exile, Prince Wei had himself declared King Ling of Chu. At this time in China history, the kingdoms of Chu and Jin were the two most powerful of the warring kingdoms. And Chu and Jin regularly took turns to host summits between all the kings of the warring states. In 538 BC, the new king of Chu, King Ling, he wanted to host this year's summit in order to cement his position. He thought that if he could display his power amongst all the other rulers, it would silence the voices of dissent within his own realm. So King Ling sent an emissary to the kingdom of Jin with his request to host the summit. But the ruler of Jin, Duke Ping, he also wanted to host this summit, and he was very reluctant to accede to this ambassador's request. But rather than make a whole scene, he showed no emotion and very politely told the ambassador to go and rest, since he must be tired. And Duke Ping immediately summoned his most trusted advisor, Sima Ho, to discuss the matter. Sima Ho asked Duke Ping what he wanted to do, and Duke Ping said, Jin is a stable country with a strong military and an able government. The kingdom of Chu is full of internal troubles. What right does this usurper King Ling have to demand that he host this summit? Chu is a mess, and he can't even take care of his own kingdom's affairs. Thereupon, King Ping told Sima Ho he was going to decline the king of Chu's request. But Sima Ho replied, If this is your grounds for denying the king of Chu's request, it's not very well thought out. History shows that a stable and prosperous country often becomes careless and loses power. On the contrary... If a country has suffered in recent years, its people are often more united and more patriotic. Their shared suffering will enhance the people's spirit of solidarity, and this will help the country to prosper again. Just look at Duke Hung of Qi. In 685 BC, Duke Hung's predecessor was murdered, and the kingdom of Lu took this opportunity to invade Qi. But Duke Hung quickly took control and easily beat back the Lu army. And his victory made his country strong, and very soon the kingdom of Qi became the first of the hegemons of the spring and autumn period. And if you want an example from your own country, look at Duke Wen of Jin. Duke Wen was exiled and unable to take power, and this led to great internal strife within Jin. But as soon as Duke Wen finally returned, after all the hardship there, the kingdom of Jin had a period of rejuvenation and went on to become the second hegemon of the spring and autumn period. So, Your Majesty, you cannot rest your hopes for dominance on the internal troubles of the kingdom of Chu. In fact, based on what we know of the king of Chu's wanton and narcissistic personality, if you grant him this little concession... Mark my words, he will become too proud and arrogant and will fly too close to the sun, and this will cause his downfall. Then, with King Ling out of the way, who will be left to vie with you for the position of head of the annual summit? Duke Ping of Jin immediately saw the wisdom of Sima Ho's words. He sent for the ambassador from Chu and agreed that the summit should be held in the kingdom of Chu that year. And just as Sima Ho predicted... 
the king of Chu's ego became so inflated by this position that he became even more unpopular than ever before. And the summit turned out to be a great failure because of his unbearable attitude. All the rulers from the various states were completely turned off by his arrogance. King Ling then stopped holding court with his own ministers and his two brothers, who had fled when he first took power. Well, they took this opportunity to attack and seize the throne, and in the end, King Ling of Chu was forced to commit suicide by his own brothers in 529 B.C. And from Sima Ho's wise words to the Duke of Jin, we get the saying, Duo nan xing bang, many hardships may strengthen a nation. So, to describe a phenomenon where, when a nation suffers many hardships and calamities, they display a spirit of unity and patriotism that eventually helps them to rise again and regain their lost prosperity. And when that happens, you don't want to mess with them. What better example exists than in China, where after a hundred years of suffering at the hands of predatory nations during the 19th century and into the early 20th, the people in all their misery, found strength and unity in their abysmal state and experienced a great rejuvenation. Duonan, Xingbang, and maybe today, in places that are in a sorry state due to a whole range of political and economic crises, Venezuela, Zimbabwe, Sudan, South Sudan, Syria, Somalia, maybe them too. Duonan, Xingbang, these hardships they face today, let us hope they can find strength in this period of suffering to revive their nations. Duonan, Xingbang, much distress regenerates a nation. Calamity inside the country prompts a renewal. And there you have it, my friends, the penultimate episode for this season six of the Chinese Sayings podcast. Just one more to go before I take my between seasons break and rejuvenate myself. A big CSP shout out to good old Emma. Thanks to her, my life is made so easy. She keeps the teacup Cheng Yu Yan Jiu always operating at optimum level. Thanks, Emma. This is Laszlo Montgomery signing off once again from the wilds of Los Angeles, California, beseeching all of you to consider coming back next time for Otro Emocionante Episodio del... Chinese Sayings Podcast.